new to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran this is your place for honest answers naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist andrea donsky and health journalist lisa davis you know, for many of us, spirituality can be elusive. Uh, I'm actually one of these people. I know, Andrea, I think you have a pretty rich spiritual life, if I'm not mistaken. I do. Okay. <laughs> That's exciting. Do. Well, maybe I will now. Uh, you know, I was raised Jewish. I am a Jew. I'm Jewish, and I, I'm culturally Jewish. We never really, even though I had a bat mitzvah, we went to temple, I, I, we didn't really talk about God that much in my family or spirituality. It was more of a cultural thing, so... I was very excited to get the book by our guest, Julia Cameron. She is a best-selling author of The Artist's Way. Her book, Life Lessons, 125 Prayers and Meditations, is simply beautiful. Julia, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Thank you. Good to be here. It's so nice to have you on the program. You know, I brought up my situation because I know that for many of us, uh, like I mentioned, the spirituality or spiritual exploration may not be something we're comfortable with, or maybe we're not even uncomfortable. We just don't even know where to start. And I know that you help people in this area to establish that spiritual connection. Talk to us about this. And, and, and when did you get in touch with your spiritual connection? Okay, I think uh, I'd, I'd like to say that I teach usually creativity and oh, creative nice. unblocking. And what I discovered was that as I helped people to work on their creativity, their spirituality flourished, that the, the two are actually intertwined. So I found for myself uh, that I had a, a sort of dependency uh, on a God concept that no longer worked for me. I, I had 16 years of Catholic education, uh, and I often joke that that's the grease slide to atheism, uh, and that uh, what happened for me was that I was um, 29 years old, I was a pretty successful writer, but my writing was all sort of done out of ego. You know, I really wanted to be thought brilliant. Uh, and I found uh, myself writing uh, accompanied by a bottle of scotch uh, and accompanied by a gram of cocaine. And I felt that alcohol and drugs uh, were a gateway to creativity. But then if I would overdo them, I would lose my gateway. So I realized Oh dear, I have to learn a way to write sober. Uh, and I found myself needing a higher power that was going to be uh, more useful to me, if you would. Uh, and so I found that I began to pray to a line from Dylan Thomas, the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. Uh, and I began to believe in a form of creative energy or intelligence. And this led me to a spiritual connection uh, that was much more solid than the dogma that I had been raised with. Hmm. That's a handful, huh? Oh, I think that's incredible. Well, you know, it's interesting because some people turn to a higher power if they're trying to quit drugs and alcohol. And, and it sounds like... You, I don't know if you were trying to quit or just cut back, but it opened a whole 
arena for you that you weren't even expecting with the creativity. Yes, I found myself finding a new path uh, that wasn't uh, grounded in ego, uh, and I began to try and write to be of service. Uh, And when I wrote to be of service, I found my prose straightened out, and I began to pray, uh, you know, dear God, please work through me. Let me be a conduit. Let me be a channel. Uh, And I found uh, that my writing straightened out and became simpler. And what happened for me uh, is that I ended up writing four prayer books. Uh, Oh, wow. And they are all put together now in a book called Prayers to the Great Creator. Hmm. But I wrote these prayers uh, and... I found myself calming down, and especially this is true with life lessons. I was living up the mountain from Santa Fe, uh, and I was snowbound, and it made me very anxious. I felt no one would know if I just died. Oh, my. You know, it felt very dramatic, and I was anxious, and I thought, maybe I better pray. And so I started praying on the page at night. You know, I would look out at the at the moonstruck juniper and pinon, uh, and I would find myself uh, saying, "Dear God, please help me." And I would hear an answer, uh, and it would they would say, "Little one, you are never alone." <laughs> and it was so soothing. Uh, that I began to read the prayers that I was getting to my friends. Uh, And what I realized was I was writing a book, Uh, but it was a much simpler and more tender book uh, than anything I had written before. Hmm. It is really sweet, you know. Oh, I just wanted to mention, you know, I I noticed that in the book, you have these wonderful, it's 125 prayers and meditations, and A lot of them start out with little one. For example, number 34, little one, you are tired and that is hard. You must allow yourself to rest. Do not use your will as a goal to further exertions. Uh, And you talk about that or nervous one, your nerves are afraid. I I found it very, it is, it's like a mom cuddling you, right? Or holding you or someone you love and and giving you that comfort. Andrea, what were you going to say? I was just going to ask, you know, how do you feel that people should use your book? Is it something that they should read before they go to bed? Is it something you feel people should have in times of need? Like, how do you recommend for people who are listening to say, okay, this is how I want you to, this is how I envision you working with my book or using my book? Well, I don't really like to prescribe how they should use it because people use it differently. Uh, I like it at night myself. I read it before I go to bed. Uh, And it calms me down. But I have people who are anxious and driven during their days. uh, And I say to them, do not lag behind or rush forward. Instead, attune your cadence to ours. So those people would use the book during the day. Hmm. You know, something I read, Julia, is that you wrote this book for others, but also for yourself, because you mentioned you're up this mountain and it's lonely. And and, and number 38, as a matter of fact, is about snowfall. You write, little one, snowfall quiets the earth. 
Each flake lands softly to create a blanket of white. Fir trees wear silver coverlets. Birds take shelter. Jackrabbits leave their prints. All the world seems blessed. Your heart grows still. Calm comes to your restless nature. Thy will be done, you pray. You are so incredible. I mean, it's, I'm not surprised she's written more than uh, 40 books. I mean, wow. just beautiful. So moving. Well, <clears throat> I intended the book to be soothing for my own anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a bear, uh, it, so I would uh, be looking out the window wondering if I was going to see the bear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and... Um, we had coyotes and deer uh, and jackrabbits and all manner of flora and fauna that were all surviving the winter uh, with the grace of their animal natures. And I found myself trying to find the grace of my human nature to survive the winter. It can be tough and it can be lonely, especially if you're up there by yourself. You know, earlier, Julia, you were talking about ego and letting go of that ego. And give us some tips for that, because I'm working on a book right now and it's coming out. And I just I'm so excited about my book. And I, I'm writing it because it's got great health advice. It's going to help people. But I still I feel like I, you know, being honest, I still have that like it's my book, you know, kind of ego thing. So I'd like to break out of that a bit. Tell, give us some tips. Well, what I was told to do was to put a little sign up where I work that said, yes. okay, God, you take care of the quality, I'll take care of the quantity. And that. what I was told to do was to ask a higher force to write through me. Hmm. So, you know, what I find uh, is that actually prayer is very useful. Uh, even if you don't know what you're praying to, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful thing to say to whatever your higher power is, use me, let me be of service. Hmm. And I think uh, when you turn to your book asking to be of service, it makes the book much more direct. That makes a lot of hmm. sense. And what if you don't have a higher power? Because I still feel like I don't really have a higher power, and so I don't pray because I don't really know who I'm praying to. Is that okay? I mean, it sounds like maybe just getting in that practice of it could help. Well, you know, as I said, I was 29 years old, newly sober, and I didn't have a higher power. And they said, well, you must believe in something. Hmm. And that's where I came up with the line from Dylan Thomas, the force that through the green pews drives the flower. I thought, Yes, I can believe in creative energy, and I think even if you don't have believe in an anthropomorphic God, you may find that you find yourself looking at nature and saying, well, who then made all this? (laughs) It's funny you just said nature, because I was about to say that's what I would think of as God or a higher power is when I'm out in nature. It's so powerful to me. Yes. What about for you, Andrea? Because I know you have a lot of spirituality and creativity. What do you think of if You know, you can share. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's how I love to live my life. And I mean, I love the book because I feel that, you know, and you were saying before, you don't like to prescribe, but I think for a lot of us, 
having that book, I mean, obviously prevention and going through it and reading it every night really helps to provide some purpose and provide some, like you said, relaxation and it was helping with your anxiety. But I also think, you know, for people who are in times of need to really have that as a go-to and I just, and even speaking to you, you're very relaxing, you're very soothing and that obviously comes across in the book as well. So I think having something like this is important for whatever type of spirituality you practice. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I have a favorite one, which I'd like to read because I think it's oh, connected to the tenderness we all are needing. I think we need to believe there's a benevolent force that's looking out for us. Uh, and if we begin to believe in a benevolent force, uh, we begin to find uh, comfort. Uh, and I think our lives are pretty frantic. Uh, and yeah. uh, especially working if, as you do in the media, you know, you feel an obligation to be up on everything. And we have uh, so many reported tragedies uh, that we we need something kind to offset it. So this one is number 109. Lonely one. We are with you at all times, although you seldom sense our presence. We are by your side, closer than your breath. When you need companionship, turn to us. More than any human, we are your friend. When you crave company, come to us with your craving. Allow us to soothe the anxious pangs of loneliness. We are with you now. That is so beautiful. You know, I I need to read this book to my daughter because, and I think I mentioned this on another show recently, but she's very sensitive. I would call her an empath. Uh, So, so sensitive. Hmm. And she was crying about all the crap going on right now. Uh, Wow. One thing after another in the world. And, she has this sense that she has to fix it, which I'm working with her because she can't. And I said, just be a good person and be kind. And I I think a book like this is really good for our kids who are really stressed out as well. Mm-hmm. How old is your daughter? She's 13. Wow. Right on the cusp of adolescence. Mm. Yes, it's difficult. A lot of changes. and But she was crying last night because she accidentally killed a bug. So, I mean, she's... She's very, that bug had, bug had a right to live, and how could she do that? She's a terrible person. So, yeah, that's a whole other thing. She's, like I said, she's on the extreme end of sensitive. Um, but she's also incredibly loving, and I think this would really resonate. In terms of getting back to the creativity, I, I, I find it fascinating someone like yourself who's been able to write so freely. And what advice do you have for people out there who feel that sense in them but really don't know how to start? Well, what I would say is begin where you are. Sit down, take out a notebook, like an eight and a half by 11 notebook, and write down, here I am. I'm in my living room. The sun is shining. (laughs) And you just begin with describing where you are and how you actually feel. And I do three pages of this every morning. Uh, And what I find uh, is that miniaturizes your sensor you have, because as you start to write, your inner critic will say, oh, you're being so petty. But because there's no wrong way to do these pages, you just say, 
thank you for sharing. <laughs> and exactly. Your your critic becomes sort of a cartoon character uh, instead of somebody that you believe. Uh, and so you write these three pages of morning writing called morning pages. Uh, and as you do, uh, you start to have an experience of synchronicity. You write about something and then clues about that something come up later in the day and you begin to feel, oh my God, something is paying attention. Hmm. <laughs> that is so nice. We've had such a rich writing career and I noticed too that you have, uh, speaking, I mentioned children earlier, you have a volume of children's poems and prayers. The Dark Room? No, The Dark Room is a is a murder mystery. Oh, that's a crime novel. <laughs> I thought, yep, not for okay, kids, I'm Lisa. Like, that was a, no. <laughs> and it's scary. Oh, really? Ooh, that yeah. sounds interesting. Oh, okay. But you have written for children, correct? Yes, I have. I I wrote two little volumes, Prayers to the Little Ones and Prayers to the Nature Spirits. Ooh, oh. I got to get those for my girl. I love the Nature huh. Spirit. What a great title. Thank mm. you. It is so nice. So I think, well, in in summary, I, I just would like to say, experiment with these prayers. Uh, try them in the morning. Try them at night. Uh, tuck the purse. Tuck the um, prayer book in your purse. Carry it with you. Uh, and whenever you're agitated, open it up. Well, thank you for that, and we appreciate having you on our phone. If people want to learn more about you, where could they purchase your book? Where could they find out you have a website or social media? Uh, I have a website, JuliaCameronLive.com. JuliaCameronLive.com. Julia Cameron Live. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You can read about all my books there, uh, and I have also made two video courses uh, for people who can't come to Santa Fe to study with me. Uh, I wanted them to have something that they could use. Hmm. Well, thank you for being on our show today. We, we want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Nature Care. Nature Care makes organic and natural feminine hygiene products, and you can learn more at naturecare.com. Without sponsors like Nature Care, we wouldn't be able to speak to people like Julia. So thank you from the bottom of our heart, Julia. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Nature Care, for making amazing products. That help women stay healthier. I'm Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. You're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal 1. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.